0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another Youth Ministry Booster interview episode. Episode 129, we're hanging out with our buddy Paul Spitka, a uh, guy in the Tulsa Youth Ministry scene for the last little bit, also serving in the Midwest stuff, who's going to rock your world today with the depth and the thoughtfulness and the intention of his student leadership team. It's pretty incredible. Paul and I got to hang out for a coffee and meet at a conference and I'm like, why are we not better friends? I don't know. We fixed it. We hung out. We recorded this episode and we wanted to share it with you. And Also wanted to share, thanks for listening to this podcast. If you haven't had a chance to subscribe, rate, and review, we do always love it when you get a chance to do that. And we also would love to send you a pin. So if you do subscribe, rate, and review, send us a screenshot to at Ministry Booster on Twitter or send us a Facebook message on the Facebook page and let us know. We'd love to give you a pin that you can wear proudly because you are in the Booster family of reviewers. Uh, Write whatever you want, be honest, truthful, and we'll just send you the pin because we love you. And so thanks for listening. Enjoy the this episode as we continue our focus on student leadership month by talking to paul who's got a plan a program and an intention that might rock your world all right i'll see you back at the end Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another special interview episode of the Youth Ministry Booster Podcast. When we traveled all the way to the other side of Tulsa, Oklahoma, to find one of our favorite youth ministry veterans to talk about our topic of the month, student leadership, I want you to give it up for one of my favorite people, Paul Spitkus. Paul, how are you doing today, sir?
1: I am doing so great, Zach. Thank thank you so much for having me on the podcast today. This is great. Man, a lot of folks don't know. So
0: everybody has their local network of people. Everybody has the youth pastors they see at the get-togethers or over bowls of salt or coffee or whatever. And so you are one of those people in my life. And I just wanted to share you with a lot of other people that I get to talk to about youth ministry, about what you have going on, how you got involved, and really some of what I think is your secret sauce, which is student leadership, which is our topic for the month. And I think some folks need to know.
1: Yeah, I'm excited (laughs) about that. So I'm excited for folks to get to learn
0: uh, some of the things you've been cooking up in your kitchen. And so, Paul, if you want to help us a little bit, though, like, I mean, you're here today, you're hanging out at the house, which is kind of fun. It's rare. Usually these are like phone call things. So to be one on one in person is nice, uh, but h- how in the world did you get involved in youth ministry? It seems like you know you're a nice guy, you're well spoken. Why would you be involved in youth
1: ministry of all things? <laughs> oh man, I tell you what. Oh man, I tell you what. That that journey started for me uh, a long time ago. Depending on how old you are, but it started a long time for me. Uh, fall of 1989, I was in my freshman year of Bible college and. Just working at a, a small little church on the west side of Grand Rapids, Michigan, and I started out. We're working with the Cubby program. Remember okay, those little kids yeah, in the Iwana? Yeah, yeah. You know, "Approved Workmen Are Not a Shame." That kind of stuff. All right, all right. Well, so little Baptist church out there, and uh, they they didn't trust me with anybody else because I was like eighteen years old, and they said, "Hey, work. We have no one to work with our four and five year olds." So I did that for a couple of months. And one night at Awana, I heard all this, like, screaming and yelling coming from the youth room, okay? So Old Baptist Church basement, you know, really scary. The, the cruddiest place is where—exactly, yes, the boiler yes, yes. is going and you can hear it. Yes. And right next to the boiler is the youth room. And so I heard all this horrible language and yelling and screaming coming out of there. I'm like, what in the world? Who would ever work with those? My precious five-year-old, stop it. <laughs> yes. Covering their ears. Don't listen to those words. And and so I, I kind of just, I kind of left them with my my team leader and I stuck my head in there. And And as I did, the youth leaders walked out and they were the ones screaming and yelling and swearing at the kids. And I'm thinking, wow, this is Awesome. So I stuck my head in the door. And these there's kids, there's maybe a dozen kids, and, and I'll never forget as long as I, I live. It's just burned in my memory where, you know, there was there's was a couple high school girls crying. There was, you know, a high school guy just not even paying attention to his face in the wall. There's a junior high boy picking his nose. You know, so the some, some things haven't changed, you know, in 20 years and plus of youth ministry. But you've got this whole these kids were just so devastated. And I asked the question. Are you guys okay? And that was in the fall of eighty nine. And I tell you what, I walked away from my four and five year olds, even though I loved them, started working in youth ministry, and I have not looked back since That's incredible. So <laughs> So, you know, from from the basement. Yeah. <laughs> the noises <is laughs> from
0: much. the basement. That's good. That's good. Well, Paul, in that almost Thirty years? We're, can we're can pushing we say the thirty, the 30 year carnival? Okay. On 30, in almost yeah. three decades of youth ministry, is is there like a special or favorite moment that you kind of cling to? We always kind of talk about this on the podcast sometimes, as like that moment from the movie Inception where you have like yes. the top or whatever, like, yes. like just to keep things in check that are real, to remember the call. Is there a moment or an episode or a thing that even when things seem like dire grim or too
1: exhausting that you hold on to? I guess it would be the longevity in youth ministry. Okay, you know, be doing this for as long as the Lord's allowed us to, we've been able to uh, participate in students' weddings. You know, to dedicate their children. Uh, it's it's those moments when you're performing the wedding of two former students that okay. you you remember when they came into junior high and like these are punk kids. Yeah, and now. They're getting married. Mm. You're standing there, and it's just this wave of emotion that you're like, this was why I did that 15 years ago. Okay. So that they could call me and say, we'd like to fly you across the U.S. to do our could wedding. for a wedding. Oh, my Because gosh. you meant so much to us. I thought, you never listened ever <laughs> when I was teaching. You were the one, you know, throwing spit wads and stuff. And here you are decades later saying would you be a part of my life mm. so that's, that's that keeps me that keeps me in this well and that's and that's one of
0: those like if you're in your first three years you probably can't know that right Like no. you, you can't know that and if you don't get past that first decade into the second decade you can't know that And i'm sure now even at this point like the kids of some of your first kids that are growing up that are like teenage years right yeah. so that's yep, the full. That, i love
1: it i love it Oh yeah, I got to do a baptism of a former student's kid. And they're like, man, we just want you to come and baptize. You baptized us as teenagers. You did our wedding. You did their child dedication. Would you come and baptize them? And I'm just like... I'm like bawling on the <laughs> phone going yeah whatever From Jake, this generation to the next yeah, but yeah well and again, I get I think that's for so many youth pastors
0: like that's kind of the reward right that you would be that's about it uh, that you would be so invested <laughs> in the life that they would they would, <laughs> that they would call you pastor like yeah. they would they would call you shepherd and they would they would, would just call you anyway but <laughs> yeah yeah and they
1: still they still call me like P squared the kids when I was working at interstate Detroit called me P diddy okay. so you know like yo P diddy would you come out and do this that's great thinking, absolutely I would do this mm,
0: mm. well tell them Tell me a little bit more, because um, that's, that's, that's an amazing a high in ministry of knowing for the longevity in the stories, maybe for some of our folks to know, and, and maybe you have lots of these stories, but in the, the 30 years of service, were there ever like days or nights that you almost quit? Because I think for a lot of folks, like you can't have served this long. There are folks that have served for eight months and have already wanted to quit. In 30 years, it seems, Paul, you would have had multiple opportunities to exit, and yet you stay. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, it's I guess the times that that hurt the most that are the most depressing are are the ones where you you pour into students, you pour into maybe them and their families. And they still choose to walk away. You know, over the years, we've had multiple students uh, decide to take their lives, you know, and, and you sit there and you, you wallow in that guilt. Like, I could have saved them. I could have done something different. Maybe if I would have taken them out for one more meal, one more ice cream, one more coffee, maybe they wouldn't have felt this way. And that's just the enemy coming at you. And, and, and those are the moments where, you're like, what am I doing this for? what is the purpose of that and and that's those are just things that you you just have to get through in realizing okay god is sovereign and in his sovereignty this was allowed to happen Let's work extra hard, pray extra hard that the next kid, it won't happen to. So it becomes sometimes, even though it's a depressing moment for me, sometimes it also becomes a motivational factor.
0: Mm. Oh, and I guess maybe if you would want to say more about that, I, I think, I mean, ministry is is full of relationships, and so therefore it's full of highs and lows. What are what are maybe some things that you would share in wisdom over the span of a 30-year career to help navigate those? Not, not necessarily just manage, but navigate those, because so much of what we do is is beyond our control and yet we're always called to respond to it and inside of it and so maybe help us help us think through like what does it look like to live inside the waves
1: yeah yeah the waves are yeah that's about it yeah. yes you're absolutely give us right. some
0: surfing lessons paul the surfing lessons
1: uh to ride the waves when they're small uh for me that's because i'm i'm just I'm usually very hyper, very active, very full of energy. On the days that I walk in, that I'm not, my team usually picks up on that literally by the way I walk past their offices. They will stick their head out and they can tell by the speed I'm walking, is everything okay? And for me to get my speed of walking back up to where my staff won't know I'm struggling with stuff, um, it would be I have a smile file, is what I call it. Every piece of paper, every note, every text message, I will take a screenshot of it. If it's positive and print it up and I create a file where on the days where I just feel like this is ridiculous. I have no idea what I'm doing. I go and I have a smile file that I open up and it's like, pastor Paul, you're the best pastor ever. And they always spell the word pastor wrong. The the junior high kids, they just don't get it. It's, it's not, not ER, it's right. OR, but Hey, that's whatever okay. vowels are tricky. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. why P squared is so much it's easier better, for yeah. them. <laughs> one letter, one number. We're good. Um, uh, those are are those moments, and I have them going back like five churches, and I keep them all in in the very bottom of my filing cabinet, my office. And in those days, if if I'm past ministry and thinking I need to just call it quits here in Tulsa, I'll go back to my church in Detroit, and I have their smile file, and then I'll go back to Indianapolis or you know to my other church in to Michigan. To literally pull through oh, the history man, of serving. Yes. Okay, okay and in it literally over the years the lord has been so gracious that i mean it is a full deep filing cabinet of stuff and i keep every thank you note birthday card if they the interns just trash my office for my birthday and so i took a picture of that and and just put that in my smile file like even though i had to clean it up they still love me that's awesome no that's
0: and that's powerful right because uh too often times in ministry we we don't always have the gratitude when we need it <laughs> and, and we always feel guilty asking for it. Uh, and I say, if, if you're listening and, and you're like, like most of us, uh, sometimes the office is a lonely place. Sometimes the, the moments after a midweek are lonely times. And, and if you don't have a, a resource, a resource in the same way that you would have a resource for your teaching to have a resource for your encouragement. So that is not by your own might or willpower. Um, Maybe you adopt a smile. I like that a smile file. I like that. I like that, Paul. No, I've got. I've got a. I've got. A, it's not a smile file. I have a a saved like folder on my Evernote with some of these things. But yeah, I like the idea yeah. that it's actually something you can hold. That makes well, me- back
1: then there was no such. Thing that's, as right, Evernote that's right. That's right. started thirty like, years ago. We are still using overhead yeah. projectors.
0: <laughs> it's, got our got our three tab one third folder dividers. That was good. Well, Paul, Paul related to that. And I think for a lot of our listeners, this has kind of become one of our kind of key questions, our afternoon question after a big like Sunday or midweek gathering with a bunch of youth. And there's just kind of that relational like energy swells. And you also like kind of like pour out all, all that you have to give, like where, where do you kind of go for like the process and the self care? Like,
1: yeah, no, that's great. That's a great question for me on Wednesday nights. Uh, it is. I, I call my parents. Okay. I'm a maybe I'm a mama's boy. I don't know, but my parents are are my biggest prayer warriors, and so they know in advance if something's going on, if it's going to be a big thing, if I've got a big uncomfortable meeting coming up, I'll just say, "Hey, mom and dad, I want to let you know." And sometimes I don't even talk to them; I just leave it on their voicemail because they're so old they don't text or anything. That's great. They'll, that's check, great. The, oh, that's they'll check the voicemail. That's so so, so I'll just. And mom and dad, if you ever listen to this, I apologize, but you are old. And you
0: I send just, the CD to your mailbox and you check <laughs> it and
1: put it in here. Yeah. Cassette tape, a, cassette tape. A- on the A-track, we got you. Yep. Mr. Mrs. Cass, Bicka, we got yep. you. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's, it's the Johnny, Johnny Cash, Cash B-side.
1: <laughs> you better believe it. My mom's got it. Johnny Cash, ring of fire, baby. But it's this whole idea of, of just sharing with my parents, hey, thanks for praying. Yeah. Thank you for, for being a part of the ministry. Uh, in in a, in a very powerful way. So it's usually it's a it's a ginger ale yeah. drink. I yeah, grab okay. a ginger ale okay. out of my office okay. and I drive home. Any it's particular like brand of ginger ale? Schweppes. Schweppes. Uh, okay. I really do like second Schweppes. best, but great. Okay. You know, okay. If Verner's, if someone buys me, finds me Verner's, or sends it from Michigan, I drink Verner's. Okay. okay. If good, I don't good, have Verner's, it's got to be Schweppes. And then that and a phone call to my mom and dad in the ten minute, fifteen minute drive home. It is. That's that's my on Wednesday nights my go to place.
0: See, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to the podcast, we told you that having good routine and ritual is the way forward in healthy ministry. And it may be a Schweppes and a phone call. Like for for Paul it is, maybe it is for you too. <laughs> so Paul, thank you for that.
1: That is no problem.
0: that is not only like a tender answer. That is such a helpful answer. That is great. Uh, as someone who calls his mom all the time as cause she's my children's minister and she's my buddy. So we're getting the topic for the stuff today. Paul, this whole month we've been talking about student leadership stuff, and so we talked uh, a little bit ago about uh, student leadership and like how to maximize it. We're talking about student leadership from the view of a student, but but if here for you, I think for a lot of our folks, building a student leadership team, what, whatever that means, for some folks, that's where the kind of the sticking point because they don't know where to start, and for some folks, they don't know how big it can get, and that's the part that I want to talk with you about. Is that I was blown away in our conversation in the last year or so, kind of at how like robust. You're student leadership program, I don't even call it a team, program is in the varying levels of involvement, the way students are clamoring to sign up, the ways in which students are officing to sign up. And so I just, I think for some bribing, folks, chocolate bribing, chocolating, chocolate yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, buying Schweppes to sign up. And so I think, I think for <laughs> I think for some folks, like the student leadership team is like the student council team or maybe it's like a core group of kids. Mm-hmm. But for you, there's an entire infrastructure. And so I, I just want to kind of like turn you loose and then maybe ask some questions along the way of like sure. what you do and maybe how it all kind of came to
1: be <laughs> right yeah. yeah yeah well and and again i just appreciate the invite to share on this because it is something i'm really passionate about because when i was 12 years old uh pastor hess he reached out to me and he said hey we just bought a sound system we don't know what to do with it. Would you install it? And so he kind of ordained me in some really weird way to be like the sound guy for our little northern Michigan church. And he's just like, dude, install this. We have no idea what's going on. Yeah. Please install yes. this. So it started with that. And I said, hey, you did that really well. We, we need ushers. And this was back when you were still wearing like the three-piece polyester yeah. suits on Sunday, right? So there was no such thing as contemporary church in the 70s. Yeah, oh, you better yeah, believe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They get the With name brass tag. name tags, right. Oh, no. yeah. Right? Member versus non-member brass versus the sticker. The yes. Yeah, no, I get it, right? <laughs> so it was, it was those <laughs> moments that, that said, hey, teens can do stuff today. They are not the church of tomorrow. They're the church of today. And then the Lord yeah. opened the door for my buddy, uh, Lester Kirchner, and I to lead our church is VBS when we were seniors in high school, and, and we had all the adults we needed. No one wanted to be like the VBS director, that coveted, scary, horrible position. Oh, people hate that. Yes. Yes. The, di- the director. Right. But you get a the better point name person but
0: <laughs> rises and falls on the best. point for per- the director. Starting yeah. <laughs> at
1: the age of 12, the Lord allowed me to, to do leadership, but man, I made so many silly, stupid mistakes, and there was really no one to walk alongside me. So when we kind of came into um, this ministry, one of the reasons I, I kind of walked away from my last church was because we just we didn't have the support of the families. We, we couldn't keep the kids around. We had a great, huge, very seeker-sensitive ministry, and it was wonderful, and it was a wild seven-year ride. But I really was looking at my life saying, I'm getting older. I need to start looking at how do I reproduce myself and others? Someone's got to carry this torch after me. So I've got to become more intentional. Well, that meant for me a whole switch. So the Lord led us here to Tulsa, and we've just been really watching the Lord develop what we call an intern ministry.
0: So for you, it's not even just like student leadership as part of being a student, but this is an intentional internship program that's not— necessarily outside people being brought in for a summer no, year so These are interns. These are your students through your internship program. That's, yeah. that's a key difference for a lot of folks. These are not college kids you're flying in for the summer. No. These are your kiddos grown up through your program. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: And that and that's the great part. I think that is the thing that and that I just love. And even this summer we are not hiring summer interns from outside. We've done that two years now. The Lord has allowed us to build up a team we're just going to hire our own kids and they're going to run the ministry. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that, about the different years of, of ministry and programming. So, um, but anyway, for us, for me, when I look at the team aspect, we really come down to the basics and I was really trying to think of how do I make this memorable for the audience? And I'm a very simple person and I love things to be rememberable and I forget things very often. So I said, man, these are really the basics. What are the basics? Well, in language, it's kind of like vowels, A-E-I-O-U. So we're going to work our way through that if that's okay. And you can A-E-O-U. Okay, so, so A-E-I-O-U.
0: So if you're, ta- if you're taking notes at home, and we'll post them in the show notes below, it's the A, the E, the I, the O, the U. So And sometimes why? we'll come back for Y. <laughs> because, so Paul, okay. give us the A. What's the, what's the, the A, a step? We, yeah. we need to,
1: as leaders, if whether we're a paid leader or the or the chief volunteer youth worker, we've got to acknowledge that student leadership is important. It starts with... I want to say even with our terminology. So I'm gonna one of my soapboxes I get up on too often is the the term youth group versus student ministry. I, I, they're not youth. They're adolescents. They're students. They're emerging adults. Whatever you want to call them. So I. I I really struggle with the word youth and I never want us to be a group because a group is a small group of people that know each other really well and, and guests aren't really welcome.
0: Right, and they have the perimeter. They have the perimeter. Right? Like, yeah, yep, perimeter. Yep, we've got to have the circle. This is the let's group. This is up. the non-group. Oh, yeah, yep. Yep. Let's not, yep. let's
1: see up and have that open so that anyone can come in. But we've got this idea that we call ourselves a student ministry and and I tell the kids, I tell the parents, we say this and we call it differently because we want to train your students to minister to their families and their friends. And, and that is such a, a shift, even in the name of fellowship student ministries versus like a fellowship youth group. I want the students to know if they're coming here, we are going to train them to do ministry. We're going to train them to do service. They may not be an intern. They may be part of the hospitality team or the cafe crew or the praise band, but they are going to be trained to do ministry in one shape, form, or another. That's great. Okay. So it starts there with acknowledge. Yeah. Okay. Acknowledging it's important. And that can go to your mission statement, your vision statement, whatever but the e we talk about explain expectations you really need to be crystal clear what you're expecting you know, this is not a time to come and just party and have fun. We, we talk a lot about 1 Timothy 4, 12, A, under the acknowledge that it's important, and then B, under, but set an example for the believers in speech and conduct and love and faith and in purity, under the expectations. So when they have they have a contract that they sign, there is an application process, there is a, there are character reference forms, there's all kinds of things that they're held accountable to. Uh, Their parents are held accountable to stuff. They know exactly what days and weeks and times. There's a required number of hours that they serve every week. There are uh, book readings. There's book reports. There's team projects. I mean, there's, there's a lot of expectations that we put on our interns but they know this going into the application process
0: because i'm sure you've learned and like we share with a lot of our folks it's so much easier to try do things right on the front end than it is to try to make up them on the back end of stuff because if you have those expectations i'm sure it's easier to both like equip and then also discipline <laughs> because you already told them what you expected them to do and to not do and so okay so those expectations have they shifted over time like, oh goodness yes okay, they okay. change every year okay so so there's room for change oh, but yeah. you're changing it on the front end every year yes yeah. every okay.
1: year the the interns the current interns do an exit interview and they literally evaluate me they evaluate i have staff now that oversee our interns and so they evaluate us we are happy with them and thankful for them. We want to know how can we improve. And so one of the things that we've added is that there's expectations of me now <laughs> In the intern contract. So when they say, yes, we agree to this, it's now Pastor Paul and his team agrees to this. Okay, so the
0: expectations are two-sided. Oh, they are So it's not just
1: like you owe us, but we owe each other. We are going to pour into you just as much as you're pouring into the ministry. Okay,
0: okay. Can I ask if there's ever been a time where you had an intern come to you and said, we don't feel like you're upholding your side? Two weeks ago. Okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> one of, one of my, one of my second year interns came and said, and they lovingly did it. Yeah. And I encouraged them to, right? Yeah. I say, Hey, if you have an issue, let's handle this biblically. And so they came to me and like, Hey, um, you know, here it is. You said you would do this and you're not, you've canceled book study for two weeks in a row. Do you know what signal that sends us? Uh, yep. That you're not important. That's exactly what works, what we're understanding. What are you going to do about it? I'm going to clear my schedule. Mm. So yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. That didn't, that wasn't year one and two. That was year three, you know, that sure. we're kind of like, sure. Oh my, they yeah. are, they're honest with us. That's, I love
0: it. Oh, that's good. Okay. So that's the ease of the expectation part. And they say, we'll try to include these in the show notes for folks below to kind of see some of the list that Paul and all of his expertise has already put together in his level expectations. Uh, that's good. I think that's, that's so right. It's, it's true for our volunteers and therefore it's got to be true for our student leadership and our student interns that if you want the best out of them, give them the, crystal clear expectations, not help with kids or help lead. Helping lead doesn't make sense to anybody but you. (laughs) So let them know what
1: you are expecting them to do specifically. Oh, that's great. That's great. And that whole feedback from last year's interns that caused the, the expectations on my side is really what led into the I, the intentionally invest in them. If we are going to really go after student leadership. It is a lot of our time and really, at least here in South Tulsa, it's there's a lot of money involved because kids are, are just inundated with so many options of, of leadership development and leadership potential here in our area that we have to really kind of step it up. You know, New Life Ranch or Pine Cove or Canna I mean, some of these camps have got amazing stuff. Young Life is big in this area and they have amazing leadership opportunities. If I want to keep some of my best students, I'm going to have to ramp it up. So we do, you know, we're looking right now at a wilderness retreat uh, just for your leadership just for, for just for interns, interns, just and, interns and we're looking at potential interns trying to get a jump start on next year okay. already that if they apply we may take them to this and this could be part of their application process from now on okay. so this is something new that we're getting as we okay. continue to get feedback but,
0: but but again like this you're not just saying like we're tacking on leadership we are committing to it and investing in it not just with our time but with our dollars that part, oh, that part yes. a, a chunk like is there a percentage of your budget every year that is investment dollars? for your leadership
1: 50 percent of my youth budget goes into leadership development leadership care leadership appreciation it's a shift i made oh i want to say more than a decade ago when the lord really revealed to me that i can't do ministry on my own and the ministry grew faster than i could than i could handle it and it led to burnout for me for my wife for my kids for my few volunteers And the Lord just opened my eyes at a a youth conference and said, you have got to stop spending all of your time with students and start spending it with leaders who can invest in students. It's Mm. the whole multiplication discipleship process. So, yeah, on a regular basis, I would say 70% of my time is spent with my adults and my staff. And only about 30% is with the students. And and I kind of hate it, but at the same time, my leaders are reaching kids that I could never reach. Yeah. You know, I can't have a relationship with 150 kids, but 30 leaders can have a relationship with each with five kids and then they're cared for and they're loved and they're, Mm. they're discipled. So that's good. It's, it's not every church can do it, right? I I just, I cut a whole bunch of stuff and I passed on a lot of financial responsibility to parents for events. Okay. But I told them why. Well, can I, I, so for folks that are listening, they're hearing that and like, yeah, oh,
0: that's, that's great, Paul, that you could shift in that way. Right now, my leadership budget is maybe 5% of what we're trying to do. What were some of the steps along the way for you that moved that needle from, because it probably wasn't always 50. You shared that it wasn't always 50. No. So what were some of the things that got cut? What are some of the things that got absorbed? Sure. Uh, like, well, how really did you, Where did you find this? We probably didn't get to ask for just more money. Uh, so where did you begin to kind of move things around, delete stuff, edit
1: stuff, absorb stuff? Free donuts. We, our church spent literally thousands of dollars a year on just free food, just giving it to the kids. I walked in, and they're like throwing it away, and I'm thinking, what in the world? So we got rid of donuts, and we started an internship ministry. The intern ministry is born out of the fact that we cut donuts and we had to walk our parents through that because for a decade they had been receiving free donuts every Sunday morning and a Wednesday night. I said, but if we do this and cut this, we can now invest in this. And if this is our church's overall vision, well then this, the intern ministry is way more on track. So that would be one thing that we we took off the plate. The thing that we added um, we, would be we increased cost to events instead of underwriting events um we 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 made parents pay more and again south tulsa is financially stable right now and we can do that not every area can i could not do that in my northern michigan church i couldn't do that we had to do a lot of fundraising outside the church they, they depend on you that. to
0: offset or to help fundraise for
1: sure sure absolutely okay. so you know we don't do as much fundraising uh and then we also don't have a limit on what kids can raise for mission experiences anymore uh we used to say hey the mission trip's 350 bucks raise your 350 we're like no you need to raise a minimum of 350 and anything else beyond that goes into the pot and then we get to use that year after year after year so every now and then you kind of have some money saved up where if something goes over budget you can say okay I can take this out of my missions account stuff that I that the Lord's allowed us to build up so it, it's again it's just looking at your budget and saying what is important and then going after it and it hurts that first year when we cut donuts I literally I believe we had two families like can, like literally leave our church because there was no because there was donuts. no donuts for their okay. kids and I said you can buy them for fifty cents now.
0: Okay, so I was going to ask you. So, <laughs> so
1: donuts are still the donuts are still available. It's but, fifty
0: cents. It's fifty cents. Okay, so you're going to fund. So the donuts are paying for themselves because you're paying for leadership because that's the investment for you. But
1: it's vision casting. Okay. It's so important and saying we are intentionally investing in our students in leadership and discipleship and and they get free books. There's a read a book reading every year each semester they have to read a book anywhere from uh, we always start with help I'm a student leader by Doug Fields yeah. you know just Sol- solid title solid yeah. book yeah. Uh, we do a lot of Patrick Lencioni stuff you just yeah, have to watch because yeah. he's got some swear words in there uh, but it's you know five dysfunctions of a team the ideal player the ideal team player those are great books for leadership development that have a lot of great principles. And then third year will be, we always look at a big book, uh, Jerry Bridges' Pursuit of Holiness. That's kind of like the culmination of it. O is offer real opportunities for service. If if you're going to give them a title, if you're we we have an office for our interns that you've seen, they get name tags like legit ones, uh, they get desks, they get phones, they get laptops that the Lord has provided for us, and so we want to let them know that you know they really do matter they're part of our team and so they come to youth staff meetings with our adults they serve uh at youth staff retreats they come along with us and so we really give them some serious opportunities uh to serve we do follow the Luke 16 prince uh, Luke 16:10 principle faithful in little faithful in much uh so Luke 16:10 is a big one for us and so um year 1 is a lot of grunt work it just, we want to, hey, Jesus came to serve.
0: Here, this is for, for your year one interns. It, year it, one, it's
1: a lot of grunt it work. It is setting up chairs, yep. taking out the trash, getting
0: things prepped and ready. Working and so, for
1: children's ministry, women's ministry. We we make sure that our interns serve the entire church, not just the student ministry. Okay, so it's not just a
0: self-serving investment of internships. They are interns that, that are or for the whole church. That
1: has been a change we've made in the last two years, yes. The first year or so, it was pretty much just student ministry. Then when the Lord started blessing the intern ministry and we started having six or eight kids we didn't have enough to keep them busy within the student ministry. So we started serving women's and children's and men's and they do, they'll stuff bulletins, they'll help set up the chapel, they'll do a lot of different things, uh, even working with the preschool. So that's year one, a lot of grunt work. Year two, we start giving them leadership within the intern ministry, as well as we teach them how to lead like a Bible study. We give them upfront opportunities to serve. So whether it's, it's sharing a devotion, whether it's leading a lesson, whatever that may be, we give them real opportunities for service. And then year three, they're usually leading a ministry area. They are leading their own Bible study. Or, as what we've seen now with two of them, we begin the hiring process, and we actually hire our interns coming out of their third year. Okay, okay. Well, help me know a little bit. So the application
0: process to go from not intern to intern I think kind of makes sense. But from year one to year two, do they all get to stay on for year two, or do they have to kind of reapply they again? They reapply, yes. So is there is a go... lessening of spots for each other? Are there only so many year twos versus year threes, or how do, how does the – uh, is, is it, is it based on how people apply or how, how many spots are available for each kind of year in the program? Yeah
1: we have gotten to the point where we actually overloaded our intern ministry a year and a half ago and it imploded and i had to let go of a bunch of junior interns cuz i thought hey i want to get junior high kids involved and i just didn't have the structure or the time or the investment to to do it and it just it just i hurt them i hurt myself i hurt my senior high interns and so we really focus on on the number 8 there's no biblical reason that's just my limit on top of my paid staff that I have to be responsible for eight interns across, a, across all three years, all across all three, three years. Okay. Yes. If they're going to be coming Monday through Friday and serving or Monday through Thursday, depending on their schedule, if they're going to be coming and serving eight is all I can handle.
0: And, and they're coming four to five days a week after school for a couple hours every day.
1: Yes. Okay. Most of them come from three thirty to five thirty every day. And then special events, they'll come out earlier, later, come on Saturdays and serve as well.
0: Okay, that's great. That's great. Well, that's the O of offering those opportunities. And I think for everybody, there's probably things that they're already racing through their minds right now, things that they could have students do that were both important and then
1: like significant or meaningful. But what's the U? Unending cycle. This idea of student development of leadership is is really an unending cycle. Just because they graduate high school doesn't mean that leadership development is over. In fact, at this church here, the Lord has revealed to me that it's just beginning. The college years are so crucial for students in their leadership development. Uh, we are watching, because of some of the changes we've made, we're watching almost half of our graduates who stay in the area are immediately joining our youth staff. They are joining our volunteer staff. Some of our best staff that I've now hired have come from They're 18, 19, 20-year-olds coming from within our ministry who I've already indoctrinated with purpose and vision and values. And you're just like, all right, you've seen how we do it. You know what we can do better. Go. And just releasing them to ministry. So one of our senior high interns now runs our entire Wednesday night program. So he's in charge of making sure the media, the band, the stage, everything is set up for Wednesday nights. The fact that I can go in on a Wednesday night now and all I have to do is – is share a lesson. Hm. My word, what a blessing, but it's been 3 years of pouring into this kid <laughs> to get it ready. To get it to the okay. point where I can hand it off and say I trust you, you make the decision.
0: Paul, I think that was music to a lot of folks that were listening's ears. That, that's that's the dream, right? To have to have a level of leadership involved that that you only have to worry about one main thing. That's okay. But the but the turnaround was it took three years, yes. and just that one student who, after <laughs> he maybe graduates, might join the staff. But if he doesn't, if then- he doesn't,
1: then here's the great part: we get to empower the big church the universal church for leadership development. Okay. And so we have watched some of our interns go on to work uh, in Uganda and Toronto and West Virginia to work at area camps. Uh, a couple of our interns went and did internships at Pine Cove, that okay. really big camp in Texas. Yeah, yeah. Young Life, they get to serve and be a blessing to other people saying, I've already done this. I've got this. The Lord's taught me these lessons. How can I serve? And so that to me is also the really exciting part of just serving is being able to say, these kids are now going into their adult lives way ahead of where I was at 18, at 19, at 20, and they are serving Jesus no matter where he calls them.
0: Which I think a lot of us, like that. that is the thing that we often wonder about, right? And I think that what what you're sharing in both, you know, three decades of experience, but also— here and in, in making the turn towards student leadership is for a lot of us, we graduate students and we wonder. And for you, you know, for these, then there's other students that are involved in your ministry and probably other students that are of very high caliber and quality. But for these, you can firmly plant the flag that you have worked with them, you have walked with them, you know them, and that they are kingdom difference making students that have come through your ministry without question. And I think for so many of us we always wonder class to class, did did did, did we do we judge ourselves class you know, was this class better than the last one? Was this class, you know, a successful one? But for you there there seems to be no wonder, no worry because you can look and point to these that have come through not just like the group, the ministry, but this right. internship program to be functioning thoughtful, helpful, profound leaders. And that's Pretty incredible.
1: It's it's been a blast. We have learned so much in the in the last couple of years. When I came here in June of of twenty fourteen, we had one college girl that was was it being doing an internship with one of my teammates. And then year two, we called it interns. You know, two point We had two interns, and year three, we had eight student interns and one college intern and then this year we have four student interns one college intern and then two of our college interns have now become part of my paid staff and it's just been wonderful to watch the lord develop them as leaders their giftings their feedback to the ministry is invaluable because they've been in it and they're like man i know you thought this was a great idea we hated it as students now you've given me this as an area of ministry can i change this?"
0: yes Yes. go Mm. for it I love it
1: I love it well Paul thank
0: you so much if if folks wanted to connect with you more what's the best place online or via email if they want to steal this borrow this rip this use this like how 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 do they find you online
1: absolutely if you search for Pastor P2 at pretty much anywhere I'm there (laughs) on social media you'll see a lot of pictures of my grandkids so I apologize Uh, I'm kind of entering that grandparenting stage of my life it's a blessing it is awesome I love it but um, you can also Email us at students at fbc Tulsa dot org. Okay, so Tulsa dot and we'll gladly send you our. I'm looking at them right now. The, our student, our student intern info packet, as well as our student intern application. We will lovingly send this to you guys. You guys can edit it, change it, whatever you want. Just and one of Paul's interns is on the job. He's got right, yeah. <laughs> yeah student and an intern does answer <laughs> yeah, the emails, and, and you'll probably get it for an email from Caitlin or somebody. It says, "Hey, here it is. You asked for that's it." That's
0: So great. That's so great. Well, Paul, thank you for your time today, and thank you for for sharing both uh, of of your story and then also this great resource for student
1: leadership. Well, Zach, thank you so much for this awesome opportunity. We really appreciate it there's our buddy paul hopefully you learned a lot if you
0: want to reach out and connect with him do so because he is great if you want to learn more about student ministry or get in a mastermind that might help craft a student ministry leadership program well for you then check out youth ministry booster youth ministry booster.com offers a two-week free trial to all of our booster podcast listeners to see if maybe it's a good fit for you but it I'm telling you, if you are a youth minister who wants to know and to grow as a leader, the best thing you can do is to get in a mastermind with other youth ministry leaders. Check out the stuff on the site. Sign up for free coaching calls. It's a whole big fun community thing. And we're talking about student leadership all month over there. And so it's good times. And hopefully we'll see you before next week.